Welcome to the Mile High Podcast. We're your guides through sordid tales of movies, music, and pop culture. Our show is best experienced under the influence of cannabis, so now's your cue to light up. Now remember, drugs are dangerous. Please use responsibly, but do subscribe. And now your hosts, James Thomas and David Hawk. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Friday, October 16th, and you are listening to the Mile High Podcast. And here, your host, Dave Hawk. Why, hello. Oh, I have applause? Holy shit. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for everybody who has shown up. And thank you, Faceless Voice. I do appreciate the, uh, the shout out there. Uh, it's Friday night, so welcome to the Mile High Podcast. I am your host, Dave. Uh, our co-host James, who normally does this, uh, 90s rap is not really his forte, so he uh, took a step back, and uh, instead we have uh, Dr. Detroit join us for our first, first official Mahai podcast with him there, so welcome, hey. Dr. Detroit. Yeah, We're watching you. you. It's been very Uh-oh. entertaining. Looking forward to yeah. this. Yeah, we see Dr. You. Detroit every Wednesday on our next guest's show, uh, Santori What Now. So hello, Mr. Santori, how the hell are you? I'm good, thanks for having me. And finally, back from a, a medical situation, coming back from the brink of death. I'm verklempt. <laughs> we welcome Melody, our resident music expert, back to the show, welcome back. It's very good to be back. Well, I am. I'm so good. excited. Yeah, it feels good. I'm you glad to see you applause? back. It's been a while. No, I meant the applause, but yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so tell so me, yeah. have any of you actually been up in front of a stage and like a bunch of people applauded as you, uh, like you said something and then like everybody applauded and went crazy? Like that's something I've always wished I could do. Like, you know, Santori, what about you? Oh, yeah. What? Having, a, having applause? I love yeah, having I've, applause. The only applause I get it's is a very encouraging. Thing. Every once in a while, like, we'll go to a local bar and I'll get applause when I sing karaoke because I don't look like, I'm, I don't sing great. I just sing better than the drunk. So that feels good. <laughs> what is your go-to song yeah. at karaoke? Everyone does. Yeah, exactly. Um, who's, what? What's your go-to karaoke song? Uh, so <laughs> out in Colorado, you got to go with something kind of country. I'll do like Redneck Woman. Um, and then if James will sing with me, because he's a Broadway geek, we do um, Suddenly Seymour, the duet. From and I always Shuffle pull Horse. it out at the end. Yeah, that, at the very end, there, it, goes, it goes up. And one time I did it, and the DJ was like, do you know this other song from this other musical? And I was like, no, I'm so sorry, but I'll learn it. And then I never went back. <laughs> sorry. There's homework involved. I'm never coming I was back. Like, this is too much responsibility for a karaoke bar. I, I did karaoke like two or three times, and uh, there's this local bar here in Aurora, Colorado, called Pitchers, which That's everybody from the truck, yeah, everybody from Truckee Pacific <laughs> knows Pitchers because it is like the place where we grew up at, the dive bar that we grew up at, um, <laughs> and like they they didn't have the best DJs and they didn't have the best equipment, so like I went up there twice and like the microphone kept cutting out and I was so hammered I didn't know I was like singing it you know some nine snails at the top of my lungs and was like crackling and like fading in and out and every time I would get off they just like I have a, a blank stare of like you know what the fuck did that just happen so never had applause coming out of karaoke it just 
more blank stares. Yeah, no, it's, it's hit and miss for me. Sometimes I get in my head, you know, I'm not a singer, so. What about you, Dr. D? You a karaoke guy? What's your go-to karaoke song? Uh, I, I like it. I did it. I like seeing it so I can kind of sit back and like laugh at other people. But I did it once. I got real courageous one time here in Florida. I had, you know, maybe seven or eight of uh, Long Island Ice Teas. And I'm flipping through the book and I saw Prince. I'm like, oh, Purple Rain. Bad idea to sing Purple Rain. <laughs> Why are you blasted? Yeah. Um, didn't get any applause. I heard some laughter, but that was the last time I did it. I always make sure the worse you are, the more I clap. Because Oh, I like that. Yeah, because my parents aren't musicians. Like my mom, she's gone to karaoke with my husband and us once and we had a friend who was signed up after her and when she sang, he went up and canceled his song. He's like, I'm not going up after her. Yeah, I ain't following that. Very good. That's probably why I have a conscientious thing about performing is because people are like, are you as good as her? And I'm like, hell no. So, but um, she went with us once and she kind of ruined it for everybody. No. <laughs> but my point is that because of that, I don't like to be snobby about it. And I feel like if you put yourself out there, especially if you know you're bad, you must really like it. And that's, that's cool, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that. I will say... I've said this like probably 10 different times. James is like the best karaoke singer I've seen. Really? Because he's so good at, he, well, he does, Devil Goes Down to Georgia. And every time I've ever seen him do karaoke, he knows that song so well that like he just gets up there and just like starts railing it off. Like he doesn't even need to look at the words. And so like, you know, he always gets big applause when he comes up. Like I said, I just get stares. He always does that and he'll do Ice Ice Baby. Oh, nice. Man, what a great segue. <laughs> Holy shit. Great segue, Melody, because right? we are way oh. off the track already. Like, we just that. started the show, and we're like way the fuck off the tracks. But, <laughs> we weren't even uh, in the right decade. <laughs> I know, but it was technically rap. And oh, Suge Knight, man. who is one of the main uh, characters of 90s rap, oh. held, allegedly held Vanilla Ice outside of Out his hotel window. room. Uh, outside his balcony, trying to sweat him down for some money. So it's a perfect segue. It is so perfect. Thank you for that good setup there, Melody. You're welcome. I planned that in my head. I was like, how can we get back on track? All right. Well, now that we are back on track, I have, and I'm in charge of the show, so I want to go by my fucking outline that I, I, am, yes. I love my outlines. And James does about 40% of the stuff on the outline. And it is my goal to hit all, a hun all these bullet points and – you know, bold headlines. We're going to hit every single one of these things on the outline because it's my show right now. And Melody is right behind me because she's just as organized as I am. So, yeah, we're going to go. I it's gonna added be my personal notes even. Wow. Yeah, we're just, yeah we don't, we don't fuck around, my friend. That's impressive. So, All right, now let's talk about some gangster rap. All right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's skip the first half and let's, let's just skip. No. So we've done the welcome. So number one is our welcome, but two – it's tradition, Dr. Detroit, that we always talk about two things to start the show. One, we talk about what we've been up to, and two, we talk about what we're watching. <laughs> and so I'm going to start with Santori because, one, he looks the most bored and <laughs> not paying attention of anybody, but also because he probably has the, the most, uh, or the, the coolest story because he is on a road trip and he is filming a show. Mr. Santori, what the hell have you been up to? Um. I've been hanging out in Oklahoma um, with uh, number one Dick Suzanne and uh, been uh, doing some uh, work, painting bathrooms, 
um, spackling, spackling some walls. Tomorrow I'm plant some flowers, and um, yeah, just trying to keep myself busy. That is a much more boring answer than I had expected, Mister Santori. Tell us about yeah. your trip to Virginia, and yes, tell us about the Santori sucks. project. Uh, Santori project is on pause right now, but uh, we're going to be going to Dallas Monday. We might be uh, doing some things in Dallas that James had planned out for us. Maybe this trip. It all depends on what we got going on. Um, if not, then we're definitely going back on the road November 8th. And then we're going back to Texas, uh, California. So looking forward to that. But right now we're just, you know, taking it easy, getting our rest in. Because uh, we plan on traveling all through the new year. So we're just resting up here, doing some little side projects for the aunt and her friends. And um, doing the podcast, everyone. Awesome. Uh, Santori Project is a really cool concept, and I think we might have lost Santori, but really cool concept. podcast with Dr. There you go. Sorry about this. My phone sucks because I'm, like, in the middle of nowhere, (laughs) so the connection's not that good. So if I come in and out, it's because the phone sucks. But, yeah, everything's going good. Yeah, Santori just went to uh, Washington, D.C., went through the Blue Ridge Parkway and through Virginia. God, where else did you go? You went down to Memphis, Tennessee. I mean, so, you know, make sure you guys are following Santori Project on Instagram, as well as you can go on to ChuckyPacific.com and follow Santori Project there. Uh, like he said, he's taking a little bit of a break, and then he's going back out on the road, and we're going to send his ass out west this time. So Santori goes west. He's like Fievel. <laughs> right, and I appreciate that because I want to stay nowhere near snow. So I appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. All right. So – Ben, Ben, next, we have Mel, fresh off of the surgical gurney. She mm-hmm. is one organ lighter. Yeah. Mel, tell us what the yeah. fuck you've yeah. been up to since we saw you last. Well, you know, I was sick of my gallbladder, so I had the doctor cut that shit out. Fuck that gallbladder. That was yeah. it. Yeah. No, I just, I don't know. It, it, I, it was like stomach pain, but it was so bad that I went to the hospital. I've had kids, and I went to the hospital over stomach pain. You know what I mean? So it had to be bad. And um, they did a scan. And basically, ladies in particular, females over 40 who are still fertile, and they also use some terms like fat, which they said not everybody qualifies for all of them. Just three out of four is fine. You know, you're more likely to have gallstones. And you may not even know it, but it is slowly creating backup and you may have pancreatitis eventually, which is what happened to me. So to prevent that, they just removed it. So they it's pretty cool. The details are kind of gory, but it was really neat. Like it was scary, but I'm good. So, you know, they give you some good drugs. It's not like I even remember having it done. <laughs> well, we, well, we need good. a whole, we need one of those for like just the year 2020, just something that'll like knock us out for the next like three months and kind of like erase 90% of last year. Seriously. That <laughs> anesthesia is no joke. Like two weeks later, I was still foggy headed. You know, there's, it's just, it takes a long time to get back from that. I don't know. Like it's kind of what Michael Jackson was sleeping, you know, taking a sleep. That's crazy. I don't know how you wake up and do anything coming off of that. Like it's intense. Well, if anything, you build a tolerance and apparently he had a high tolerance for. He must've because they said it's normal for it to take weeks to wear off. So. (laughs) Weird. Yeah. So there's also some other big news that you, uh, you have, if you want to share. Oh, yeah. I'm going back to school. 
in 10 back days. Back to school. Back to yeah. school. I'm going to I, that I'm not a fool. I am a college student now, full time. Um, I'm going back. I, I'm going back for a second bachelor's degree in psychology, and I am going to work towards, you know, my master's and maybe PhD also in psychology. I'm just, I'm heading down that road. Um, you know, I've been doing sales and not been able to be myself for a long time, and I don't like it. And I think the lockdown has made a lot of people depressed. And um, I think I have a lot to add in that area, and a lot of input, and a lot of compassion that I can, you know generate that way. So that's kind of my goal. I'm thinking like marriage, family slash addiction and trauma type therapy. So, you know, families going through issues kind of stuff. Yeah. If you guys, uh, uh, James and Melody recorded a series of videos during the lockdown about like how to survive the quarantine, how to survive the lockdown. And they're really excellent. So make sure you guys go back on Truckee Pacific, our Facebook page and check those out, especially if you can't stand your partner, maybe this will help you bridge that gap. Or come to terms with the fact that you can't stand your partner and find the partner you could find. I mean, it's totally. <laughs> that's really depressing, is, but it's no, true. No, that's the truth. The goal is not true. necessarily to save every marriage. It's to save every person. So. <laughs> oh, and one thing I'm, like I'm really proud of you, Mel, because it's not easy to, you know, like quit a job that, it, you know, is paying you really well. And, you know, you're taking a big leap of faith. So it, that, very commendable. So I'm very proud of you for doing that. Um, well, I really, you. yeah, I really think that 2020 has really done that. It's like, yeah. it's kind of boiled it down to what's important in your life. You know, what makes you happy. And uh, a lot of people realize that doing the normal nine to five, whatever the fuck they're doing is not making them happy. So, you know, now's a great time to pursue some that you it's love. Not. So, and it's easy for, it's not as hard as it sounds. You know, if you already have a bachelor's degree going back, in for another degree like all your general education stuff it transfers over i'm a year from my first or from my bachelor's already like it's not as daunting as it sounds when you first think about it you're like just like eight years of school you know it's not and so if you want to do it you can do it all right See, replay that this is a great place to come for some motivation <laughs> all right and then last but not least our newest guest mr Yay. dr detroit what the, what the hell are you up to these days? Oh, man. Uh, trying to get uh, my teenager ready for life. Uh, <laughs> I took him to get his uh, driving permit. You know, that was interesting. So I had to sit back and let him answer all of the questions. And he had to sign. And I told him, they don't teach cursive in school. I said, you have to learn. Oh, dad, we just use fingerprint. We just, we just <laughs> hit a button. And they asked him to sign it. And oh, it was the most hilarious thing because I just folded my arms and just looked at him. And he's like struggling, sweating, trying to make the J to you. I was like, it's going to be on your license forever. So have at it. You know, so that's that. And he got him set up for the SAT tomorrow. You know, nice. those are scary times, aren't they? Yeah, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't even prepare for it. I, I couldn't imagine it. But it's kind of what it is. It's like, OK. They grow up so fast and then I try to give them everything that I can and they're just different. We give them our advice, but times are different. Life's different. They're different. So it gets frustrating, but, you know, I'm learning to pull back and kind of let them have his own experiences while I try to guide them and steer them to, you know, but I'm looking to try to get them into to school like you were talking about, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so that's what it's, it's kind of what's been like in the main thing above everything else that's kind of been what's going on and 
I'm in the classes too. Um, I've been in IT for many years and I started seeing these younger folks come in and I was like, these kids, they come out of the womb with tablets, yeah. computers. I'm like, how long am I going to compete? So then I got to do something to either become um, either a teacher, professor or consultant or something. So I just went back and jumped into the uh, the grad program to just do information, a master's in information technology so that I can just be an old guy with a beard yeah. and just teach about two days a week and get blown on my breaks and come in and talk about computers and hopefully get paid, you know, a nice amount of money. But that's pretty much has been, been what I've been doing. You know, but I'm thankful. No complaints. It's a time for growth for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And, uh, you know, it kind of goes into what I've been doing. Um, I decided a couple of years ago that I hate being in the industry that I do. So, and I love to write and, uh, luckily, I've been able to uh, publish a, a couple books, and that's really all I'm doing. I, I go to work, and then I come home, and I either do stuff for Truckee Pacific, or I'm writing. I'm I'm about seventy thousand words deep into uh, my first official uh, horror novel, adult horror novel that has lots of cussing and lots of blood and violence, and that's kind of my wheelhouse. I grew up with like uh, watching or reading Stephen King and watching horror movies and shit. So. Uh, this is my first foray into adult horror and it's going well. It's really fun. So, you know, I, like I said, it just kind of boils down to 2020, just, you know, you find out what's really important to you and that's what you're going to start concentrating on. And, you know, after this fucking quarantine is over, after the virus is gone, uh, we're going to have so much art and so many people pursuing their passions that, you know, I'm an optimist, I guess, that uh, I think there's going to be a brighter tomorrow because everybody right now is living through the darkness and it's just going to be brighter tomorrow. So, so you feel like it's going to be like a renaissance. Exactly. A hundred percent. I, you know, after the 1918 Spanish flu, there was an explosion in art and writing. Um, that's also when movies started going to, uh, you know, having uh, uh, a vocal and, um, sound in movies so you saw an explosion of art then and you're going to see the same thing just you know look at the different ways that musicians which kind of ties back into our show just look at the way the musicians are learning to adapt um you know having concerts and having festivals and shit um there was a fucking band i escaping me um i can't remember but they just had a concert where everybody showed up and they they had their own personal bubble and so like the guy like would walk, he walked on top of everybody's bubble in his own bubble. I mean, like, you know, people are, are learning ways to be artistic and creative and, you know, people are, I'd say not, I can't say everybody, but most people are like find out what they're passionate about and pursuing those passions. So, yeah. all right. I like it. Next thing on our outline, this is where we <laughs> talk about what we're watching. Cause you know, at the, we love weed here and we love to talk about everything, but at the end of the day, we're a pop culture uh, podcast and so you know what better way to talk about pop culture than shit we're watching so i'm gonna start opposite direction dr detroit what the fuck you watching these days oh man i guess i told you before like my favorite show was uh or it still is uh walking dead but ever since i heard the news i haven't turned it on because i'm sad that it's ending and plus my wife and the kids somehow they just took over all the tvs so what i have been watching is youtube and it may sound weird but for hours, I've been watching YouTube of rap from other countries, like Russia, Yugoslavia, uh, all these I don't understand any of the languages, <laughs> but what's odd is about it is the, the music sound the same and the cadence and what they're 
the energy and everything is the same, but it's just it's just amazing to see, you know, because it's like a totally different country, and they're it's like wow, you know what I'm saying. So I've been kind of watching that, and I'll flip through and just seeing just how music is just transcending like the world. So for like the last week or so, that's what I've been doing like at night. I'll sit there and just kind of clip through and look at all of the countries and look at you know what their music culture is. So that's kind of what's been really intriguing me in like the last I say week or so. <laughs> that's very cool all right yeah. mel back to you what are you watching these days um mostly the haunting of Bly manor um which is like the second season of the haunting of hill house from last year which is, how's that i love i loved hill house it's crazy but it's not like scary like it's the topic it's not scary to me but people will love it and some people will think it's scary you know some people aren't zombie fans or whatever so that's what it is, but it's really good, and it's an intro. It's kind of a mind one. Is anybody else watching it? I just oh, finished oh, the first episode. Oh, okay, see, I got a kid. My wife had it on, and I was like, "Why does this look so familiar?" And I was like, "Isn't that the lady from?" And you know, she's older now with the gray yeah. hair. I watched, and I was like, "Is this a spinoff?" But until you just said it, I didn't know that this was a continuation. <laughs> I thought they ripped it off. It's just like, the second season, and I think like it's going to be similar, but they're not. It's not a, they're not in the same universe, technically, it's kind of thing. Uh, I don't know. But it looks like the same house, right? Yeah. I think it looks like the same house. Anyways, it's good. It's good. I've been, I mean, I'm almost, I only have two episodes left, and I only started it last week. I don't usually do that. I've been watching Utopia, that series about the, like, virus. It's pretty good. It's a little heavy, Some, I mean, just because of the actual pandemic going on. So, and um, Lovecraft County, I'm almost done with that. And that is crazy. I've been watching it with my son. He's almost 20. I'm not a bad mom. But <laughs> I'm watching that with my son. And it's been crazy, crazy good. So he's out of town. When he comes home, we'll, we'll finish that off. And then the other thing I did try watching the first episode of is Good Lord Bird. It's a Showtime series. And it's like, it's, a, it's based during, it's in Missouri before the Civil War or maybe right during it. No, it had to be before the Civil War because it's supposedly the story of how it starts, but it's like dark comedy. It's got Ethan Hawke and um, David Diggs from the Hamilton musical. Um, he's playing Frederick Douglass in this. It's quick, witty type. I don't know. You have to check it out. Like you'll either like it or hate it. It's an interesting way to tell the story. Um, and, you know, you have to see for yourself. It's interesting, but um, I'm, I've only one episode in, so I have to give it more time before I know for sure. And that's it, because I'm also back in school, so I'm doing homework. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I can tell you, Utopia, that's one of the shows I was going to talk about as well. But oh. Utopia is great. Uh, Rain Wilson and John Cusack are fantastic in that show. So. Mm -hmm. so I definitely recommend Utopia. Santori, what the hell are you watching? Besides yourself in your skivvies washing down Mary Beth's car. Other than that, what you watching? I think you're on mute, Holmes. Yeah, it's muted. I don't think, yeah. You, yeah Santori, you're on mute. So I'm going to talk about what I'm watching until Santori figures out his mute button. <laughs> so I, I've been watching uh, Utopia, finished Utopia. Um, been catching up on Shit's Creek. Ah, oh, Santori, you're with us. All yeah. right, oh, now no, he's gone he's again. He's gone. Yeah, he's teasing us. This is this is almost a, a, exactly what happened last week when my parents tried to call in. It's like, <laughs> you know, 
hello and they're like you know echo or we can't hear them or something so this is two weeks in a row so i'm gonna keep going so utopia fantastic show Shit's creek has been amazing i'm almost done with that and unfortunately it's the last uh season santori hey if you can figure out your mute button man come on back we miss you um and then uh, real quickly my son and i do a review show all I'm right back. he's back all i'm right. back no no i'm back i'm back I'm back. Sorry about that. No, I've been watching absolutely nothing except me and my, my underwear watching cars. That's all <laughs> I've been watching. I can watch that shit all day long, too. You know, never, well, thank you, never gets thank you very much. Yeah, so, no, I've not watched anything on Netflix. I haven't watched anything. Just pretty much uh, just regular TV. Seinfeld watched that last night. and still love it. So, But, no, no TV here. All right. Uh, well, going back to what I was talking about, uh, my son and I, we do Truckee Pacific Reviews. Uh, last week we watched Hubie Halloween, which is the Adam Sandler, the new Adam Sandler Halloween movie. Uh, and it was surprisingly funny. Like if you like Adam Sandler, then you'll really like this movie. Um, but if you don't like Adam Sandler, then you'll hate this movie. So it's, and it's, you know, we thought it was pretty good. It's pretty funny. And it's part of the Adam Sandler universe. And so he like brings back characters and shit from, uh, like happy Gilmore and Billy Madison. So that was great. Um, but the show that I watched that I need all of you guys to watch is a movie called The Social Dilemma on Netflix. It is all about uh, how social media companies get you wrapped into social media and how you become like a social media zombie and what, it, what that has caused to our society. Um, every, you, know, you can just look at Facebook. Go on Facebook and just look at all the anger that is on Facebook. And that was a byproduct of all these AI algorithms from all of these social media companies to get you um, like hooked on their sites. And then it, this is kind of like the byproduct. And like, then how do we break this addiction we have to social media? So uh, I can't recommend that enough. It's on Netflix. Uh, great fucking movie called The Social Dilemma. So totally recommend that. Wow. Okay. All right. So we talked about what we're watching. So then what's next on our outline is what we're smoking. But I think there's only a couple of us that are smoking tonight. And so, <laughs> Mel, what you smoking tonight? Tonight I am smoking some cherry diesel, which is a sativa that we got from Livewell in Green Valley Ranch on Tower Road. And actually, I really like that store. They're always very nice. It's very quick. You can order online. And they're just great there. And they have good deals on bongs. Good deals on it. bongs. That's a good place to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One thing that I, um, I feel is that we kind of, we're a, a podcast. And so I think we've kind of gotten away from talking about the weed and shit. So I want to bring it back. I want to give a lot of love to my light shade on Iliff and Buckley. Um, I literally don't know anybody's name there, but they're all super nice. Um, they're very friendly. They're very uh, thoughtful. Like, you know, if you give them a dollar tip, they, you act like you just, you know, gave them a 20 spot or something like that. Um, the recommendations are always on point. Um, they're shake weed. You have like shake weed special. So you get like an ounce of weed for 60 bucks, which is unheard of. Uh, and the shit's really good. And then they also are doing this thing where they are buying weed from local organic shops. Um, and so tonight I am smoking um, this strawberry shortcake that was recommended for me, even though it's an indica, I like sativa. Uh, but the guy said, like, you know, it kind of works like a sativa and it makes you energetic and uh, makes you talk a lot, which me, I, don't, I, I never talk. So, um, but this shit is called Strawberry Shortcake and they bought it from this place called Veritas. 
and you get this like really cool like little weed canister that weighs about five pounds and it holds like you know a little bit of weed so it's kind of overkill on the mm -hmm. old uh packaging but really great shit and i really love light shade on rf and buckley i mean you know they don't pay us to say that i just i like to go there that's my go-to spot so uh we places are a lot like starbucks now where you have your like your specific place that you like mm -hmm. to go to like you'll venture out and then like your experience probably won't be as good so you're like i need to just go to my regular spot so yeah yeah and that place is light shade i love buckley all right we have I'm made actually, it actually i will back that up dave because i know which one you're talking about it's over by that mcdonald's on the corner yeah right, right next yeah. yeah right next to their old high school yeah yeah i used to live near there and they were always good to us too they were very good to us had we not yeah. bought our house in a different city we'd still go there <laughs> absolutely <laughs> good week there is anybody else are you guys smoking and or uh, having a beer or anything are you doing we're allowed to, to say it no <laughs> i know right i was out I, I didn't want to be late so i had you know i had just a little bit of a pre-mixed margarita in here nice all right um i i've been getting the um I don't have any right now, uh, but at the, um, what do you call it? The vapes, the, uh, I guess it's the oil, whatever, the vapor, the uh, vapor pens. Mm. So I've been trying, although they're pretty, pretty cool because, um, you know, convenient. Uh, so I haven't had like any actual true buds in a while, quite a while. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. From what you're explaining, <laughs> it's yeah. either they're gonna have to make it, you know, because when you go to the places here, I mean, you can. It just seems like, I don't know, it's not like you guys there. It seems like it's just carte blanche, whatever you want. The here is like, I've gone in sometimes and the guy just start yelling, "Oh, just let you know, there's no flowers left." I'm like what? So I guess certain time people come in and they just buy up all of the regular buds. So I'm like, whatever, you know, I'll just get, you know, the vape or whatever. But uh, it'll get there. It'll yeah, get there. Yeah, I can't wait for you to come and hang out with us, though. So, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, fly all the way up here from Florida. We'll, you know, record a show. We'll fucking get you super high. All right. Um, <laughs> our mutual friend, DW, we smoked him out so hard that he left in the middle of the show and never came back. So, you know, be careful what you wish for. We can fucking smoke down some, a lot of weed. Uh, and right. Santori, are you drinking? Uh, you're not drinking, right? You're smoking anything besides cigarettes? No, no, no weed here. Just smoking cigarettes, and I'm still not drinking alcohol. So, well, good. Yeah. Well, yes. make on your That's way good. through Texas, like make a big loop, like come back through Colorado real quick, and then just loop back over to Texas. You know, stock up. Not that I'm advocating no transporting weed across state lines. I'm totally not doing that. But if you were, right. this is a good place to stop by. Oh, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm in. Trust me. Because I, I, I've been like, actually, I stopped at a CBD store and they've been selling us like, like, uh, some like CBD uh, joints that have like probably 76, 0.76% THC. So I've been like kind of mind fucking myself and thinking I actually am high, but I'm not really. But you know, it's still like, it's a nice little substitute, even though, you know, it's not the real thing. But yeah, I would need to do that. Trust me, because I love weed. And we love you. We just want to come and hang out with you and number one dick up here. So, you know, the weed's just a, a fun extra, but we actually get to see you in person. All yeah. Right. Yeah. So Thank the you. reason why we have all gathered here tonight is because these are the three most musically minded people that I know. 
And tonight is a music show. Hence the fact that James is not here because his like music uh, expertise in the nineties rap was like crisscross and a little bit of vanilla ice there towards the end. Yeah. So we're talking about nineties rap and I have dubbed it the decade of rap. Yeah. I, my personal opinion is that the 1990s was the single best decade for rap and not just like 90, like it started kind of late eighties. Um, but it led into this powerhouse music, uh, of the early nineties. And then it kind of fizzled out. And so I dubbed nineties, the decade of rock or the decade of rap, because all of us from all our different walks of life have enjoyed the rap coming out of the nineties. And so, you know, I think it'd be fun for us to kind of go back in time. You know, most of us were in high school or, or a little bit older and just like talk about the great music that came out of the nineties and some of these great artists. Um, so Dr. Detroit, since you are our guest, what was it about nineties rap that just made that music so good? Well, I think the, the biggest thing about nineties rap, uh, I mean, I made it so good because it would be, it went from, it came out of being like this, you know, small marginalized taboo kind of thing to where like the world was embracing it and other cultures were like, oh, this is cool. And it kind of moved away from it just being a part of one culture to like a, 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 a I guess, a international culture, I'd say at that point. And so you other people like great people like Rick Rubin and people were able to get involved and say, well, Hey, you know, people who had musical expertise will actually say, well, Hey, yeah, this kid over here, they just doing this in the lunchroom or on the street. Hey, why don't we bring him into these nice studios and put some professional, you know, uh, artists behind them and do this and videos. I think that's what kind of brought it to the forefront. It took it from this raw street part, which they still kept, but they were able to put something nice behind it where it was marketable and, and everyone could embrace it and enjoy it because it was no longer something just grimy that only this group of people maybe understood. It was like, wow, this is an art form that everybody can get into and enjoy. And, you know, it was just fun to listen to and interesting, you know, and it was of course during that time when the videos was out, which helped it, you know, catapulted to the next level. But I would say that was kind of the, the thing that made it so great, man. You had, the influences of uh, musicianship and technology at that time. And like I say, other great uh, people in the industry who helped it become what it is. What about you, Mel? What do you think? What made the 90s rep so good? Um, I, th I think what made it good was, I don't know. It was like a serendipitous time for it. Does that make sense? Like, I, I think a lot of people, there was a lot going on. Not like there's not a lot going on now. It's 2020. It feels weird saying there was a lot going on in the 90s, but there was. And I think it did a good job of expressing like what everybody saw every day in some way. Maybe you weren't all caught up in certain parts of certain rap, but you know, like there was a part of it for everybody, the part, you know, and the dancing and all of that, like doing the little the different dances that come to certain songs and everything it's like country line dancing if you know it you're in right like that yeah. makes it so fun it's like the macarena but not as annoying so <laughs> that would be i think that's how it appealed to everybody really i mean and and mtv like really putting out you know that yo mtv's raps and all of that you know and then get getting bet their own network of that focused on like that kind of music more like it just it expanded from there and so i think it was new and creativity was 
encouraged because there wasn't a specific like lockdown formula for every single successful rap song yet. It just wasn't out there. Like rock, you know, everything's one, four, five, all the chords. It's just a combination of it. Is it going to be happy or slow or whatever? That's what makes a difference. So, I mean, not all, I'm way oversimplifying music, <laughs> but so I think that's, that's part of it is there was just a lot of creativity. There were no rules yet. So I like that. What about you, Santori? Do you have anything to add there? And he's on mute again. <laughs> Still on mute. No, no, I'm back. Hey, um, I have to agree with you know, both what Dr. and uh, Mel said. I mean, it was like, you know, new coming in like from late 80s and early 90s, you know, it was something new and different. People saw the creativity of it and, you know, it's, you know, you went from like, you know, metal to like rock and then you went to grunge and then you had rap there too, which you had some, you know, in the early 90s, you had MC Hammer, Young MC, and then of course MWA and Dre and all that, you know, that already happened. But it just, I think it made more of an impact and people like got more rare of it. It, it, it was good and it was like something new and it was very creative. It was good. I'm going to stay with you here, Santori. Uh, tell me, you know, what are your personal experiences with rap? Because, you know, I was surprised when I, you know, said, like, you know, how good are you at 90s rap? You're like, I, I fucking love 90s rap. And, you know, sorry, I'm surprised. It's kind of, you know, a, a dick thing that I'm surprised about that. But so obviously you have a personal experience with rap. So what is that? Uh, my friends had MTXs and 12-inch uh, speakers and bass in their cars. And so... Every car that I got into was playing either Public Enemy or Dre or, you know, um, Ghetto Boys and all that. So I was uh, I'm pretty much, you know, sitting in the car. And, and then I would go to clubs. And, you know, at that time, that's what was out and I was new. And that's what I was dancing to and, you know, grinding to. So, I mean, you know, it was all new. And that was, you know, at that era, that's, that, that's what was, you know, in. So that's how I got involved was, you know. And I, I especially at that time, my favorite band of all time. and that time then was public enemy i mean chuck d and flav flav they were um they were they were it so yeah that's how i got involved mtx is 12 inches of big old bass speakers and and then a little honda civic bit of all things so you know if you got a little car and you got all that bass you're getting nothing but vibration yeah. and then everyone who had a car like that in their room for some reason somehow built into their bed would be like another version of the subwoofers from their trunk because they just have to hear all music that way always, right? Yeah. Or at least yeah. that's how it was when I was a teenager. <laughs> you had to have the bass. Right. Yeah. I, I never like could afford the, the bed. The <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. So what about you, Dr. D? What's your uh, personal connection to the rap? You know, rap in general, but yeah. you know, kind of like that narrow down 90s, early 90s rap. Yeah, I, I think it's, well, um, of course, lives in the 70s. And then I used to listen to what people would say, oh, it's kind of a fad. And I was like, oh, well, maybe it's just passing thing. Um, but for me, it was when uh, Run DMC, because they, uh, man, like I, was, I just, Rick Rubin is just awesome to me because of what he heard, you know, he heard what other people didn't hear. And so he recognized that rap was like this raw energy, and he understood it, it was the same exact raw energy of rock. And he was like, this is the same energy you know, musically, and immersion together. And next thing you know, you got Run DMC, Aerosmith. And I think that in itself was like, for me, a moment to where, wow, music has showed me that music is, is universal. That it's just much more than, 
you know, a person from this neighborhood or from this part of the world, he showed us that, no, this music is something that's just highly spiritual, highly just transcends everything else. And from then I was like, oh, when, when Rick Rubin did that and it was, you know, Aerosmith and Run DMC, mm-hmm. I was like, this, this rap thing is, is here to stay. And it just got me excited about where it was going to go. I, I really like that. Rick Rubin, I don't know if enough people know how fucking amazing Rick Rubin is. He's produced like fucking Run DMC and Slayer. I mean, like yeah. this dude has <laughs> fucking just I'm produced saying. everybody. I mean, he's so creative. Um, System of a Down, he's produced uh, BC Boys. He's like, you know, he's just this weird. Uh, Jay Z, uh, I mean, like, uh, he's a fucking visionary, he, weird fucking dude, especially, uh, I highly recommend you go and watch the Beastie Boys documentary on Apple, because Rick yeah. Rubin is a weird fucking guy, but fucking brilliant. He's a really brilliant producer. Yes. All right, Mel, what about you? Tell, I know you grew up in a musical family, so you know what's your connection to this music? I grew up in a musical family, and my family was not snobby about rap being introduced into the music sphere. They were very open-minded about it. It wasn't like they're like, oh, you know, some people back then, <laughs> musicians were like, that's not real music. But my dad was a drummer. Like, he heard the music in it, of course. There's a lot of rhythm in that. So, um, and I was from the Bay Area. I was from East Oakland, and I was, I was raised there in the 80s and 90s, well, late 70s and 80s and 90s. So, for me... When I don't remember the first time I heard rap. I don't remember thinking it was new. I remember seeing it. Like, you go to, you know, like, festivals and stuff, and you, local performers were already doing it when I was little. I just thought it was a style of music. Like, I, I'd heard classical music and jazz and rock and heavy metal, and so I just figured it was another style that I didn't know of yet, and here, here it was. I always thought it was around. And it wasn't until I got older that I found out it was new. <laughs> so... It's always been there. That's great. Uh, you know, there's a lot of great music that come out of the the Bay Area, but of course, the number one artist that came out of the Bay Area when we're talking about '90s rap was MC Hammer. Oh, oh my was, God, no, you can't do that. I mean, okay, fine. He, in some ways, it, unfortunately, he's like he is. He really is. Um, but when you're talking about like your personal connection to rap, you know, I'm a fucking white suburban kid, like my introduction to rap was what was being played on MTV at the time. So um, early nineties, we're talking about, I'm in like the seventh, eighth grade. Um, and I, so I don't watch yo MTV raps and that's where they're playing like the real rap from like the, the late eighties. So like the beastie boys run DMC, but then like on general, on the general station, they're playing vanilla ice and MC hammer. Cause that shit is selling massive. Yeah. So my connection to fucking rap was, <laughs> MC Hammer, I had, I, and I will, I'm sh- ashamed to say this. I am ashamed to say this, but I had a fucking pair of hammer pants in middle school that I made my parents buy me. Yes, me, <laughs> I had hammer pants. I couldn't do the typewriter dance. Uh, and then Vanilla Uh-oh. Ice. I, 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 <laughs> it, you know, too legit, you know. Um, I, that came up the other day and I was doing that for my kids. I was like, too legit to <laughs> What the hell are you doing? Okay, fine. He gets some. He gets some props. So, well, he's uh, and he's a lot of people's introductions. But so my parents are a lot like yours, Mel. My parents were you know hippies and they're pretty liberal growing up, and so they didn't like resist a whole lot when I said like, "Hey, mom, I would really like a couple of rap CDs for Christmas." And so my mom, who's white lady in suburbia, she goes to the Sam Goody because we actually had CD stories uh, at this time. 
and she brought me two CDs for Christmas that year. The first one was Will Smith, the one with Summertime on it. You know, the summer, summertime. Yeah. And the other one was straight out of Compton, NWA. <laughs> we had no idea what the fuck it was. And she's like, here's a CD. I've never heard of these guys. So I put it in, like, the first fucking word is like, straight out of Compton. I'm like, fuck yes. <laughs> So, and then that, you know, just listening to, you know, Ice Cube or uh, NWA, this, it sent me on this path where, I'm sorry, but Will Smith can't compare to NWA. And I was an angry child anyway. And then I started like, you know, fucking Public Enemy played with Anthrax. You know, I'm a metalhead. And when Public Enemy went with Anthrax, that shit fucking blew my mind. And, you know, it set me on this path that I just, I love 90s rap. I just love 90s rap almost as much at that time as I love heavy metal and they're so great and like at that time was like nwa just come out public enemy came out with uh you know fight the power with uh uh, the fuck uh what the fuck was that movie spike lee movie help me do the right thing yeah do the right thing yeah Yeah. and then like in 90s as soon as 1990 comes out you have ice cube with america's most wanted i mean just like fucking explode into the decade (laughs) So that brings me to the next point on our outline. See how that works? Oh, nice. Ah. Yeah. So who are the top five rap artists from the decade? And I'm going to start with you, Mel. Okay. I want to say, I, say I, 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 I cheated your system. This is more than five artists. But these are groups of people that Good. came from yeah. same groups and perhaps went on to do better single things later. Okay. There's no rules. Right. There's no rules. This, this isn't is a James games. This is, there's right. no rules in this vault. Cool. So these, these are my 90s top five artist-ish type group things. Out of the Bay Area specifically, there was a group called The Click who later went on to become E40. Um, so I listened to a lot of them. I listened to a lot of Digital Underground, which I think Tupac originally came from and Shock G. Um, and then, of course, NWA and Dre, which later became Snoop. I lumped them all into one general area because I didn't know how else to do this. Mr. Cal, I will get to him later on. Cypress Hill and Tribe Called Quest. Man, Those were probably ones. my top five. That is, wow. All right, Santori, <laughs> five, top five <laughs> artists, rap artists of the 90s. Uh, uh, I'm neurotic. Mine, my opinion. All right, that'd be, uh, first of all, NWA, Run DMC. Well, they were like early 80s, but or like late 90s. And then you got Public Enemy. And then you have Diggable Planets. I don't know if anyone remembers Diggable yeah, Planets. Yeah, I remember them. Dance is a trance. I do the hump. Nope, that was Digital Underground. That was digital, you were yeah, talking that was about, um, you were like, I'm cool like that. I'm cool like that. I'm cool like that. I'm cool like, yes, yes. I remember Diggable that. Planet. Yes. And then, um, where am I at? Three or four? How many do I have? Three or four? I have four, Everybody. right? So I have to name one more. I'm going to have to go ahead and say Dre. Chronic. Yeah. Chronic. All right, Dr. D. Wow. I, I need a minute. I'm just like, man, I'm just very impressed with the <laughs> Wow. With what you guys came up with, it just, wow. But, so I would have to say, yeah, definitely, um, you know, uh, Dr. Dre, uh, you know, with his later stuff with, with Snoop and the whole chronic era. Um, NWA as a group, they have to be up there, um, definitely. Um, Beastie Boys. That, that was my group as well. That's three. Um, I also, uh, during that time, uh, I would say, uh, did I say Ice Cube? Yeah. I know he's NWA, but I like when he did his thing separate. 
And then uh, Eminem. Eminem. That would be my top five. Nice. Eminem coming out in 1999. So you just made That's the right. That's right. right. That's it. That's right. Now he actually came out in 1995, uh, 97. 97. He, he was out, yeah, he had his own stuff before yeah. then. And then I think he got picked up with Dre, and then they came 97. out. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I think me, it was 97 he came out with. My name is, my name yeah. is Shisha Slim Shady. Yeah. yeah. That was 97, I believe. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to correct anybody, but I don't know. Nice. I'm going off of what Spotify says. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go Spotify. We're gonna right, say nineteen ninety eight. It's you know, cause we could both be wrong. We'll just say nineteen ninety eight just so we can split it between the two. Okay, fine. All right. <laughs> for me, uh top five just like solo artists would have to be Dre, Ice Cube, Tupac, um, Notorious B. I. G. and Snoop Dogg. Um, but that just kind of shows you how powerful NWA was like two of the best artists right. you know, of the decade come out of the same group. So mm-hmm. that's pretty incredible, but it's not, not just, you know, solo artists, man. There's, uh, groups, like you said, like public enemies fucking turned up beastie boys, put out some of their best stuff in the nineties. And then you have bone. I, I was I'm fucking, dead. I loved bone thugs and harmony and oh, they're, yeah. yeah. How did I forget that? Did, I don't know how you no. forgot that. I love. I, know, I right? listened to <laughs> They're so they're fucking. They were so fast. I think that's what like really uh, made me love them. It's like they were so tight and so fast together. Uh, their rhymes were really great. Uh, but that leads me to our next point. You know, if we have some great, uh, some great artists, they put out some great albums. So, kind of, you know, what are your uh, favorite albums from the decade? I'm gonna go Santori. Um, Fear of the Black Planet from uh, from Public Enemy. Uh, the Chronic from uh, Dre, um, Cube with his uh, American uh, um, Most Wanted. Um, I would have to say, uh, um, I, that's all I got right now. I'm memorizing stuff. <laughs> I just know lyrics, like songs and stuff. But yeah, those top three right there for me. I would have to do. Great albums yeah. there. What do you think, Mel? Nice. I, I, go ahead and go to Dr. D. I mean, right, I want to see if anybody else does stuff first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I have to go with, um, you know, America's Most Wanted, uh, Ice Cube. That was uh, that was awesome. I have to go with, um, yeah. I mean, that time that was what I was on. Public Enemy, Fear of a Black Planet. That was the same. That was the same one that during that time. Um, uh, the Beastie Boys. I'm trying to remember what the the cover. I just remember being the album cover. I'm trying to remember if it was just titled them, or if they had a title. But the first, the very first Beastie Boys album, um, Run DMC's uh, King of Rock album, and I think for my fifth, it probably be it had to be the very first N.W.A. Nice. When uh, their very first, yeah. Uh, yeah, the very first one when Easy E was. Ice Cube was writing, but Easy E was doing the rapping on it. Yeah. Right. So, did All they right. cover any of the ones on your list there, Mel? I know you have I a mean, list of probably ten, right? I I I have a page of albums, <laughs> <laughs> so I will just go over. I'm gonna do this very quick. I won't take it crazy. Obviously, the Chronic was like the first one on my the first one that came to my list. And then I tried to think of things that I specifically listened to in the 90s. And I was very West Coast. I was in Oakland, Mm -hmm. California. The only other place I went to was L.A. So, like, East Coast rap was kind of, you know, it's what I saw on MTV. But it wasn't what I was listening to in my car. 
So like I said, E40, if anybody remembers him at all, he started with a band with a group called The Click from California, and they had an album called Down and Dirty. And I don't know if anybody remembers, there was a song called Captain Save a Ho. It's like, I want to be <laughs> Anybody? No. Yes. yes. Okay, thank you. That, that, that's what I'm tripping out right now. <laughs> I'm just, wow. I specifically remember being in high school, because, you know, now, post me, too. That is not, a lot of this shit I listen to when I clean my house, and I feel so bad because i'm i'm not i'm 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 aware you guys like i'm aware but i want to be safe because on and i'm like yeah i want to you know and i just remember being in high school and guys would drive by with their cars and they'd be playing that song and you would dance to it like you wanted to be the hoe being saved and i'm like what the fuck is wrong with us but i have to admit that was my shit you know, and then he did his own shit oh, like um, Mailman and in a major way, which I don't think ever really went main mainstream. So that's OK. And then a really local guy named Dre Dog had an album called The New Jim Jones. It is very dark. It is very weird. It glorifies all kinds of drugs. But if you're into that at all, it is available <laughs> on all the regular music streaming services. It's just really uncommon. And then like the Cypress Hill album, the one I think it was oh, just yeah. called Cypress Hill. Um, and I don't know if anybody else, nobody else mentioned the brat, Functified. Oh, yeah. Yes. And then, unfortunately, I don't know how, but I went through a cash money phase. Like, I think it was mid to Ooh. late 90s. So that's why I said I'd bring up Mr. Cal later. He, he was really fast, just like, I think it was Wishbone that always rapped really fast. So mm -hmm. he rapped really fast like that, but he had this, like, I don't know there's this personality behind it and i was always like i don't understand what it is i don't understand what it is but i feel like i feel him yelling i don't know but it's not like i can't explain it it turns out like his sister died they used to make music together and then his sister was killed by her boyfriend and so a lot of his songs like there's messages to her in there and i think that's why it's so emotional and deep so you wouldn't expect that from make him say uh but he produced that album. <laughs> so, but I definitely, I found him by chance by going through like, you know, like Fifth Ward Boys and Cash Money stuff, like make him say, uh, and see murder and juvenile. I don't know how I ended up there, but I recommend him a lot. And he had a lot of good shit. But I think that kind of back a lot of it. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm like speechless. It, just being real, I mean, like, Wow, it, all the songs you're saying, you're talking about, honestly, you know, you would think, or just myself, I would think like, okay, this is a business music, no one else outside of our little bubble or something understands it. Mm -hmm. And to hear you right now naming all of those songs, and it's just blowing my mind, and it just further just shows, like I told some guy the other day, I was like, this music is not, doesn't belong to a culture. It's like if, if somebody's hearing it or feeling it, it's for them. Yeah. Now and for you to that's amazing. I admit that I get there's parts of it, you know, like Tupac has an album where I was gonna write it on the list and then I was like, I can't even say the word in the album. You know? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so, yeah, you can't go for it. Go no, for it. no, no. Not gonna be me. But um, but I can still appreciate it and listen to it, right. you know. I find other words that are not I don't replace right. it like that. I might just skip it it's not yeah but but no you're right i can appreciate it and like i said i was really growing up in the culture i'm not bullshitting like i lived i lived in the same neighborhood too short was in when he was like selling rap albums out of his trunk he was selling tapes out of his trunk down the street from my house it was a wild time for rap and it was a fun time to be there so 
I would love to hear more about that. What about, oh, man, this is the one, not, and it's still in the same thing, because I think he came out around that time, but I caught up with him later. Somebody introduced me to his music, and then I'm just like a forever fan. But I know when I say the name, you go, what about Mac Drake? Yes. Oh, <laughs> rest in peace, I know. <laughs> yes. I don't know. He's just one of those, and you know way more about him than me from being there, but since from the first time you heard I'm like, I don't, there's something about this guy, you know. Yeah, no, there's just, there's something about, he, you can tell there's certain people that just do a different, it's it's real. And maybe not literally what they're saying in the songs is real even, but there's there's a real yeah. reason for why they were inspired to say what they said. And it's not, there's stuff in there. It's not all about bitches and hoes. It's a lot about bitches and hoes, but sometimes people are bitches and hoes. You <laughs> right. can, it's inner right. dialogue on music, you know what right. I mean? Right. right, Wow, that's awesome though. And so, I think yeah. uh, I think the most significant. This is my opinion, of course. The most significant album to come out of the '90s was the Chronic, yeah. because that was the first like real album that was like an edgy rap album. Because before that, like I said, it was fucking MC Hammer and Criss Cross and and Vanilla Ice. And then you have the Chronic, which is unabashedly, you know, misogynistic. Um, obviously, it's called the Chronic, and they talk about weed a lot. Introduced fucking Snoop Dogg, who you know, it does his own thing, but it introduced it to a, a massive white audience. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time they're like, fuck yes. You know, like now I feel kind of edgy listening to the chronic, <laughs> but it also inspired them to start finding some of these other artists. And so if you listen to the chronic, then you start going to ice cube and then back to NWA. And then you're like, you know, what else, you know, sounds like this shit. And so, um, and also like it gave folks like me, like an insight into what's going on in fucking Compton or in Bronx. Mm-hmm. Like I had no idea that, you know, there is this, you know, play this neighborhood in LA that is called Compton and Watts and shit. And I wouldn't know that shit really, unless it was because of rap. And so inspire me to like look into these neighborhoods and you find out a lot of rich history that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I, and I think I, and I've said this before on the mile high podcast, I believe that the reason why so many States right now have legal weed is because of the chronic because all these lawmakers right now were listening to the chronic fucking smoking weed in their friend's basement. Like we all were listening to the chronic yeah. and like yeah. one day, man, weed's going to be legal. And then these people turned into our today's politicians and lawmakers and weed has like, uh, it has like a 90% like approval rating. It has bringing <laughs> left wings and right wings together because we all want to yeah. get high and have a good time. So yeah. I, I, de- I directly um, link today's weed legislation with the chronic because every fucking Dr. Dre is just that good. But uh, one album you guys forgot, enter the Wu-Tang. Oh yeah. Classic. Fucking, I, I was like, it was, you know, right up there with, I would listen to Wu-Tang about as much as I listened to the chronic or Snoop. Uh, but I fucking love the Wu-Tang. I, I like their style cause they were, they hit hard. I mean, you know, West Coast is very, you know, like really rhythmic and, you know, it's like you're driving, you, you know, if music was, you know, emotion, it was sitting back and driving. Whereas yeah, this fucking East Coast shit was just like, in your face. We were driving. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was a very different vibe. I was never a huge Wu-Tang. I mean, everybody, you know, who doesn't want to yell, Wu-Tang ain't nothing to fuck with or whatever it was. Like, I remember doing that, but I was not very East Coast. But there's, there's, I was mostly West Coast too, but there's a few um, East Coast, like Notorious B.I.G. Nobody's really mentioned yeah. 
Biggie. Oh, I mean, like, you know, he he had his own different style, and which was great. And that's, you know, he's like somebody you listen to when you're really fucking high because he sounds like he's really high the whole time. <laughs> the East he Coast, put some good shit. The East Coast New York rap that I really liked the most was like, like Santori was saying, you know, Diggable Planets. That was the style of East Coast rap where it was like, it was, it was still mellow. I think that's the thing is that to me, it was, it was that kind of vibe most of the time. But like the far side, I don't know if anybody remembers them at all. Or De La Soul, yeah. I think they were. De La like, Soul. Me, myself, yeah. and I. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 These were high school days. I do remember those very well. Wow. And I, I love that part of East Coast rap. Wu-Tang was fun, but I think it was right at the East Coast, West Coast thing. So. And we had to represent. No. Yeah, that's right. West Coast. <laughs> West Side. <laughs> How many fucking white kids? I have seen so many fucking white kids. Like, West Side. Like, motherfucker. I know. You, you're going and to school. So I was always. <laughs> and I hated when they did it because I was actually from West Side in so, East Oakland. Like, yeah. I was like, no, you motherfuckers. Now I can't do it because it's stupid. Rude. Why can't think I'm just everything. one of you. It's just like when people are like, why don't you go back to Oakland now? I'm like, because it's gentrified and everybody's going to think I just came in and fucked it up and I was already there. <laughs> and so I just stay out of it. You know, I'm like, no, you fucking wow. Way to go. Right? Thanks, white people. White people white ruin people. a lot of shit. We, they do. We all, they do, uh, Determination. And it's self-sabotage, you guys. Like, it is. Look it's at right. me. I can't, you know. <laughs> hey, Dr. D. Right. No, I'm uh-huh. kidding. It's not that scary. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> No, it, it's awesome because it, it all brought us together. You know, I yeah. never, honestly, I from what you say, I'm just amazed because I, I didn't even put honestly. I was thinking of stuff, and I honestly, as far as music, I was kind of saying, okay, what's going to be the general stuff that I know, you know, my friends probably, you know, on the show probably listen to also. And of oh. course, I listened to a bunch of E40 stuff and all, that, and I had no clue that you would come here. You know all this. <laughs> I used to work at a Kinko's in wow. San Leandro's. It's a, it used to be a copy. It was a store where you could go get photocopies and stuff, and you could rent computers by the hour and print. And, um, like, people, when before E40 was really big, people from the Kling would come in. I think his sister even did a couple times. I didn't ever saw them. I just, wow. like, I always just missed them kind of shit. But I would be like, yeah, they came in there making CD covers and shit. From the Kinko's, they are paying, like, wow. you know, 50 cents a copy and cutting four on a page for them and they were stuffing their discs and driving off so it was uh, yeah I, 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 it, it was very much a part of my my upbringing right. <laughs> well i've been educated i've really been checked you really checked me oh well that was not uh, my but, intention but, you know, but I mean, I mean, that's what this is about you know about, about cultures you think in one way and then you see something like music just you know brings you together and you realize that you're not that far apart yeah you know? Yeah, entirely. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. We need more stuff and like that. It appealed to, you know why it appealed to bigger, broader America in the 90s? There, there was, it wasn't even only, only middle class. There's a lot of rural, poor white neighborhoods too. And a lot of those problems that they talked about in that kind of more heavier gangster type stuff, there were just different coded words. You know what I mean? Like it was this, it was, a lot of their similarities were there. You know, like E40 talked about uh, curtains, what was it, sheets for curtains and socks for washing rags. They're, you know, people can relate to that. It was a hard time. So it appealed to a very broad audience. Absolutely. Um, 
I gave everybody a homework assignment this week. I told, uh, when I was playing the show, I told everybody to listen as, to as much 90s rap as you possibly can. Uh, and the reason why is I kind of want to get, you know, what you were thinking about when, like, when you were, you know, choosing what to listen to. And then, like, kind of what was your mindset when you were listening to stuff? Like, did it bring you back to high school? You know, what did it, what was going through your mind when you chose the music and when you were listening to it? And I'm going to start off with you, Santori, because I don't feel like a, You've talked enough. I don't want you to talk more. Well, all right. No, uh, basically, I was. I was listening to you know, Public Enemy the whole time. I'm sorry. That's my go-to. No, I just, don't apologize. Just, no, I don't have to apologize at all. listen to rap music, and I'm like, well, I don't want to go do a list of uh, – I just want to <laughs> stick to what I know, you know, yeah, and totally. what I like and I dig. And Public Enemy was always – it was for me because just – I don't know. It just it brought back, you know, memory of time because it was always either Public Enemy – or it was Easy E, um, you know, um, his solo album that brought me back to uh, the time of like my friends would come over and pick me up and we just you know go cruising and listen to you know the the bass in the car because the bass was like the big thing you know and and Public Enemy was there you know Fear of Black Pan Planet album and you know and uh, I liked the whole thing with Anthrax and I'm doing you know bring the noise and. You know, so I just stuck to that because it brought back good memories because I was like, you know, going to high school, just graduating and uh, my parents would go away for vacation, go check on their property for them to retire and they left me alone. I had parties and, you know, that was the music that was going on at the time that, and, you know, the new Metallic album, which I stayed away from and we're not going to go there. But, you know, it just brought back those kind of memories. And I just I'm always been a big fan of Chuck D. I mean, I just. His lyrics are just great, and then what's great about it is you can like they they are related to today's society as well, you know. And it's just hmm. you know it's just he's a lyrical genius, and then you always have Flav in the background, you know, doing his thing, you know. And I Public Enemy is where it's at for me. Yeah, you know, one thing you awesome. fucking hit a hundred percent was, and that's the thing that struck me the most of listening to this rap is you could this sounds like the music could be could have been made today they're talking yeah. about the same shit back in the early 90s like krs1 talking about the you know the sound of the police to like all these fucking different artists talking about police brutality and growing up without any representation in politics um you know growing up poor you know being in neighborhoods where there's nothing but drugs and crime i mean you could literally just, you know, move that stuff to today and come out today and it'll be just as poignant as it was back in the nineties. Uh, Mel, what do you, what, what are some of the things that you listened to and what were your thoughts? So I, I went back to like, um, mostly things like De La Soul. I, I, I did, I listened to Tupac anyways. Like I said, he's in my random everyday playlist, not all the time, but you know, and sometimes I do reflect and feel like this is kind of silly for me to listen to post me too. But, you know, I, it, I feel at the time, I remember being really excited when that shit came on. And it was, you know, I was, it was the height of my teenage years. And I was, a, I was a girl, I was in people's cars and their cars were shaking and bouncing up and down and they're playing this shit. And so there's that adrenaline rush that, you, you know, you kind of fly back to where it was like, oh my God, just getting picked up by your friends and scrounging together all the quarters you could find in your house to put, get enough gas money to go somewhere. Like that's all. And you wouldn't do shit when you got there, but listen to the same music. That's what it brought back to me a lot. And obviously like 
first crushes a little bit, you know, certain songs anyway. <laughs> There's not a lot of love songs in rap, but you know, there was some and LL Cool J, like, you know. <laughs> I need love. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> what were you listening to this? What were you listening to this week, D? Well, uh, I, I was trying to – I did my homework. I went back. Uh, my 90s was, like, just coming, like, out of high school, going into, like, college, um, and then kind of time I spent back and forth from home. So um, during that time, yeah, I was listening to – I kind of went back a little bit before that. I, look, I pulled up some uh, – you know, some simple stuff that was on the radio. I started with that. Like, oh, what was the radio stuff? So, you know, I was like, oh, okay. I remember Criss Cross and, you know, um, I had to go listen to Vanilla Ice because it didn't matter what you, if you thought it was a good or bad rapper, you listened to the whole song when it came on because you liked it, yeah. you know. Um, so I listened to that. But then I went into, um, yeah, for sure, for sure, I listened to some old NWA stuff, um, some old Beastie Boys stuff, some old, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, cash money. Uh, little, early little no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know ridiculous. Yeah, I feel I bumping that at like forty-two. I'm like, people no, like, who is no, playing it, that? No, no. It, it's, I guess it's just like our folks will listen to some old songs. Like, what is that? That was what we liked then. It's a part of us. But I kind of went through that, and and you know, for me, that time it did take me back to like music. For me, was like, uh, I don't know, it may sound like kind of, I don't know corny whatever it was like a medicine for me or like a counselor for me like based on what I was feeling or trying to get through I had songs for it mm -hmm. and I would listen to it it would kind of like be like my own little way of kind of getting through stuff because I was very like introverted and like telling what I was thinking about or talking about my problems and issues so I had songs for it and I would kind of get through it and then if I was, I was listening to a lot of those like oh man I remember I was going through that wow that really helped me so, you know, I had a, I kind of definitely got a chance to reminisce, you know, some little sad parts, but some happy parts, you know. But I appreciate this lesson because it did make me kind of reflect, kind of come out of what's going on today, kind of go back over your life a little bit and realize how a lot of this music was your own mm -hmm. soundtrack for your own life, you know. Yeah. I love that. And one thing that I really, uh, I really love is the fact that every one of you guys talked about how, you know, you shared this music with your, your friends. And my, my choice was... I, the chronic as well because the chronic remind me and i started the whole week off with listening to chronic because dr dre is, is finally on spotify uh, i remember we talked last week about spending time up in mike dolan's um basement getting super fucking high with all our friends and we were constantly listening to the chronic and wu-tang and bone thugs and harmony because you know he had the cd player that revolved and just sitting there talk, doing basically talking the same shit that we're talking today, only super fucking high and listening to rap and just listening to like gin and juice and listening to fucking Snoop flow on that album. It's like, it took me back. I was fucking 16, 17 years old again, smoking out of a big ass bong with James on one side, uh, DW, Joel, Mike Dolan. I mean, like, and we listened to rap. And so it brought me back to those times. And I love those times. Those, I hated high school, but I love the, uh, those times. So, yeah. Okay. This is the, this is your favorite, the chronic, what was your favorite song on the album? Yeah. Rolling down the street, smoking in sipping and gin and juice. Laid back. Thank you, sir. Good job. Wow. I love it. Do you guys think that rap is as good today as it was back then? 
<laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's different for sure, sometime. but is it better or as good? No, I think it's when you get like uh, some other artists that come from other cultures who, I mean, I think it's some artists who are just artists. So even when they show up again, you don't think, oh, who is this old person? They, they do something like, oh, it's an event. You're like, wow. But I think uh, a lot of these guys are talented and I'm not talking like these young kids. I'm, I don't want to sound like the old guy. I just think that the, uh, <laughs> the corporate... Yeah, but I do side. I think the corporate side has taken over, and they're like, "Oh, really? I can make money off this?" And they just kind of market it, and then the people don't really have to be artists. They can say something. They can be talking to their friends and say a word. Hey, let's repeat that, and then you know they can put a beat or something together, and then they sell it. But to me, I, I choose. I, I think something being good, as far as me being something that's good rap or good music in general is if it lasts beyond that summer. I was telling my son about that. He's like, oh, this is the stuff. You got to listen to that. Like, okay. I said, I'm not hating on that kid, but I said, I bet you it will not be around next summer. And I, and it's not. So I said, he made his money and that's cool. I said, songs that I have, I can go back, like we said, to the 90s and play it. And it's still, it's fucking dope. So, I mean, I'm not knocking these kids now. Yeah, make a million dollars this summer, do your thing. I think you don't have the same... Substance. I think they could, they got talent, they can dig a little deeper if they wanted to, to actually write something. I think they just don't want to write nothing, or either they just too much on pills and syrup or whatever they're doing. I don't know, but that's just me. I'm not knocking them. What about you, Mel? What do you think? Uh, like it, would, it goes back to what I was saying about why I thought 90s rap was so big, is because everybody was encouraged to be creative because they didn't know the formula to make, James kind of calls it a Franken song. It's just the formula to make that style of song big in that it's going to be a one hit wonder no matter what kind of thing so i think because they've figured out those formulas you know like that now it's going to take longer for things to change but every once in a while you see something new come up and it kind of it delves into the internet like once you get like soundcloud there are people who make shit my son puts his stuff i've promised him i would never tell everybody like oh my son go listen to his music but i know he does make albums on soundcloud oh, he does it with like a microphone and a little bit of our you know we have slightly more than normal equipment but it's pretty basic stuff and like his friends doing drums on a cell phone sometimes and it's fine it's you know it's it's very good but i mean it's a fine quality thing so i feel like that's where you find the people. And then what happens is eventually they do get discovered because they trend on the internet on these types of apps and you end up getting a famous person out of it. But, and then I, I admit I, they tend to kind of change sometimes. So they're like, no, do that thing you did that time we found you because that's what people want. And that's very hard. Like Tyler, the creator, I really liked him until he became very mainstream, you know? And now I'm like, that's so weird because he's, he's all right. I don't hate it. It's just different. You know, same thing with excitation. I don't that excitation yeah. guy. <laughs> I liked. I mean, his stuff was dark, and I, I know his backstory, and I know he's controversial, but I liked his songs. I just, you know, it was the same song over and over eventually because that's what they wanted. So that becomes old, really yeah. old. But you know, there's some other stuff. I love what females are doing right now in rap, like yeah. Cardi, yeah. Nicki, Megan, all and fuck Tory Lanes. I know all I know. about that bullshit, but I know, right? anyway, <laughs> I read way too much pop news for some reason. I read gossip. So, but That's anyway, right. yeah, no, the women are doing a lot and I'm really impressed with it. I, I think, you know, a lot of what they're 
they're doing it hasn't been done by women in that genre at all um i feel like women have not give, been given their respect or their space in it until now and so i'm loving that you know wap was great you know i yeah. i have no apologies i don't care if i'm too old or immature or whatever i don't care yeah that was a great expression That's yeah it's awesome. definitely an era for the women rapper i mean yeah there's a lot of great stuff like like you said uh yeah, I don't particularly like Cardi B style because I don't like that like that mumbly kind of rap. But she's very big, and then you have like Lizzo, who's you know extremely talented, and she's very inspiring. So um, maybe it's not as good like in general as it was in the '90s. But there are some segments like the I think this is the era of the female rapper, and they're putting out some really great shit that's going to last for a long time. Uh, Satori, oh. you said you were very adamant about saying that today's rap is not as good you know explain yourself well it's real simple i mean just like new new anything that's right now that's not like like what what old music had or not really old music but it had soul like everything had soul and i think that's the missing ingredient for today's music in general that the soul is gone like i just i don't think that artists today have soul and I, I think that the artists in the past had soul and I think they need to either figure it out, bring it back or get some soul. I just don't think that hip hop or rock or anything and country even has soul today. I think they're just doing it because they know how to make a buck. And then there's someone there to sign them a contract and help them make that dollar. And I just, I don't think they're really, you know, have the soul like they used to. So that's why I'm adamant about it. I don't think there's any soul in today's music. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah, they're very talented that's people. Right. You know, they're oh. very talented. I can't tell you. That's what you, just, what you was just saying, too, uh, Melody, about it. Like, yeah, I don't want to say that there's no good music out here to just bash everybody. It's rare. I would say it's rare. But I think it's what you said. You, you know, when it, if it's, when it comes to the money side or the commercial side, I get it. They signed a contract, and that's their job at that point. It's fine, but I like Cardi B and like other people. You go back before they were big, and you can tell the difference. Mm-hmm. You see, they're still talented, but you go back to when someone was hungry and they were just like, "Hey, you know what? I don't know if this song's gonna do anything, but I'm expressing myself." And you go back to her first song; it was just like beautiful because it was just raw. She didn't give a fuck about what people was thinking. And now she's got a like she's about to hurry about to do movies. I think she's gonna be in. She was with a Ben Diesel, so she's not huge. So now. It's like, uh oh, they might start picking at her about, like, can you say this or you got to do that? So we'll see, right. you, you know, but I imagine well, it's hard, you know. She may want to mature out of that and they may say you have to keep up that persona. You know, oh. it just, it depends on the situation. And yeah, it, it limits once you're in a contract with something like that. That's why I highly recommend experiment out into the universe of music that is not necessarily, you know, produced by any major label. There are ways to look it up online. You can, like I said, SoundCloud, you can find anything on there. There's a lot of people who were just found from SoundCloud and they just did it from their backyard or their basement. So that's where I like to go for that kind of stuff. Um, If anybody wants to hear it, there's a cool kind of New Orleans style, but it's very updated, um, maybe rock mix. It's Morning 40 Federation. Um, they're out of New Orleans like that would be a good example of something that like they're not mainstream and there is some soul in there Santori I think you'd like it I'll give my recommendation since you said New Orleans uh, 
when there were actually these things called concerts, uh, we saw, I saw this band called Nathaniel Rateliff and the Nightswits. It's a great local band, but he had a band called Tank and the Bangas, which is a, uh, a female led rap group out of New Orleans. And they fucking tore up Red Rocks. It was amazing to see like an opening act just fucking blow the roof off the place. And so I've been following her along and, uh, Obama named her and Tank of the Bangas is one of his uh, songs on a summer playlist. So mm-hmm. I was pretty happy to see that. Wow. But Tank and the Bangas is a great fucking rap group. So okay. uh, any last words before we head into our uh, name that tune? Any last words, uh, Santori, last words about 90s rap? Um, that was, it was a good era for the music in that time for uh, hip hop. I mean, it was, it was coming out, it, it was expanding and it, you know, met its horizon and i think it was really good and i mean that's that's my go-to when i go back to hip-hop i just go back to early 90s and because like i said there was no soul today <laughs> so back then i have to go back and find some soul so all right parting words mel of 90s rap it was a it was a very conflicted time i was a teenager and i was a bad teenager and i was in a lot of trouble and i was in a troubled neighborhood so like it was a very bad setup from get-go and the songs did not do anything to discourage you from bad behavior i'm not gonna lie i'm not saying that they made me do it or anything crazy so i'm conflicted when i when i listen to it because i feel like the messages are different from what i want to teach my kids and everything but that was the fun that i had at that that was my time then you know like the kid from the goonies that was my this is our time down here that was my time and it, it's done and it's fun to you know look back and some of it i'm impressed that i still like you know, I was like, I didn't think I'd really still like that one. I'm surprised how much I still like Cypress Hill. I don't listen to them that often, but whenever it hits from the bong or insane in the membrane comes on, I'm like, yeah, how I could just kill a man, you know, <laughs> with my vacuum cleaner. So, you know. Yeah. Who doesn't like to reminisce? Dr. D, tell me, last words of wisdom of 90s rep. Wow. First of all, I can't believe that was 30 years ago. I just can't even like wrap my head around that. But uh, I was going to say, yeah, for, it did, like I say, once again, it definitely was um, a medicine for me. Um, and from what I'm even learning now, I see that it was uh, very, uh, it, it was a bridge to a lot of other cultures, just not just saying, hey, listen to this music from this place. It was someone from another culture talking about something that connected in the same way. And it's just being revealed to me that this music is bigger than where it came from. It, it was a, a voice or energy that could speak out to many, many people. So I'm thankful to have been around for it. Absolutely. Love it. Uh, so we're going to play like a little mini version of James's games. Uh, Santori and uh, Dr. Detroit on Santori show on Wednesdays. They play uh, Name That Tune. So I have asked our resident DJ to play a little Name That Tune. So as he's getting his thing set up, uh, my last impressions. All right. My last impressions of 90s rap. Uh, just kind of like everybody said, like it brings people together. Uh, it bridges a wide swath of people and it brings them together. Um, and then at the end, you know, in 2020, that's something that we all need. We all need something that can bring us together. And lastly, Gin and Juice was from Snoop Dogg. I was going to say that, but chronic, I didn't want to call you out. It was a doggy thing. style. 
I'm very high. Yeah. So once again, no, I, I didn't is... want to do that to you, but I thought it. That's no, okay. I, I, I knew it as soon as I said <laughs> it, but I needed the time to save face. But um, yeah, so my favorite song off of the chronic is nothing but a G thing. But Gin and Juice is like one of those songs where you just like, that, that's one of the songs that defines that decade. My favorite is Let Me Ride. Let me oh, I was going to say that too, but then I was like, I don't know. I think I like nothing but G thing because th- that's the first time you hear Snoop Dogg's just like fucking yeah. flowing on it. Yeah. All right. All Dr. Right. Well, Detroit, take us away. All right. Here we go. Now, you know how the game goes. We can't play too much of it. So, a lot of times I try to play the intro and it's not enough. And then sometimes the intro has the song in it. So, what I did is just grab some snippets of these songs, which we should know if you know 90s rap. So I'm gonna play a little bit of it and let's see how you do. I like big butts and I cannot lie. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is correct. Baby got back. That was it. I can't believe no, <laughs> that nobody brought that up. I forgot it was the 90s. <laughs> that was it. That was it. Wow. Wow. That was awesome. Nobody brought up Two Life Crew either. I, you think they would bring up that was like yeah. the pinnacle of like dirty 90s rap and when you listen yes. to that it's like oh shit now it's like mainstream that yeah. kind of shit is mainstream yeah yeah i liked how uh they were it's on the same thing but you know i didn't know how how smart luther camera was he and he was and his lawyers you know he was gonna stop doing it and like these lawyers and other people that were about you know freedom of speech they're like no we're gonna help you we're gonna go push this because if you back down now, then the rest of the music behind you is going to get censored. Mm-hmm. And he fought that fight. And he's, he talks about how he lost a lot of money and a, a lot of law, but he recognized the bigger thing. So now artists can come and be, you know, be raw and say what they want to say. They just had to put the sticker on it, which is yeah. like, cool. You know, as long as you don't get censored. But yeah. Jokes on the government because I'm I bought the CDs that have the parental advisory. That wasn't a deterrent. That was like, right. someone, that, yeah, those are the good CDs. It. I was like, why can't I hear that? What's in it? Let me hear it. <laughs> right, don't stop me from listening. That made you want to get it. That's awesome, man. I love it. I love it. Oh, let's see if we get another one here. Oh, let's see. What about this one here? Oh. Was that j- jiggy with it? Didn't jiggy with it. Oh, that was it. Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. Get jiggy with it. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, that's kind of easy. Let me see if I can get some harder ones here. Let's see. All right, here we go. Straight out of comfort. Wow. See, you know all of them. Okay, okay. <laughs> Let me go back. Let's see. What about this one, man? <laughs> I didn't even call nothing, up, call nothing out, Mike. Right, they they me, man. They're, they're going. They're 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 too quick. They're too quick, man. All right, here. Oh, here's, here's one. All right, what about this one? Oh, um, I know. Gangster Paradise. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. Gangster Paradise. Gangster Paradise. It's actually both of them, right? He used the same track. <laughs> yeah, man. Coolio. That's cool. All, All right. right. That's all. Here go another one. All right, here we go. My name is. My name is. My name is. Sicker, sicker, sick, Sammy. Ah, there you go. 
Hello, kids. What about this one? Biggie, 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 why can't you speak? Uh, yeah, that's how it goes. Hypnotize me. Hypnotize. Oh, there it is. <laughs> you know, I never know the song. I didn't know it either, so I looked it up. I just know the song. I know it either. I just know Biggie, Biggie. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's what that's what Uh-huh. Wow. So, Let's see. Uh, this All is, right. tell me if I'm wrong on this point. Snoop Dogg music is like, how you feel when you first start smoking weed. Notorious B.I.G.'s music is after you're high as fuck and you're couch locked. That's the rap that you listen to, or that's the, you know, Biggie's what you listen to when you're fucking couch locked. All right? Uh-huh. It's yeah. slow. Uh-huh. Uh, after the monkeys uh-huh. kicked in, after you ate something, you're like, oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nobody call me Big Papa. Hello, when you're going to Big Papa. That's it. Uh-huh. Oh, All right, Doctor D, give us one, give us one more, and give us the one that's one tough. More? Ooh, okay. So you guys are you kind of know all of them, so let me see. I can come up with one last one on the way out here. Let's see. Uh, I know you know that one. You know that one. Probably got that one. <laughs> we'll find one last one here. You know that one. Okay. Let's try this one. Is that we be tubbin by Ice Cube or we be clubbin uh, by Ice Cube? We be clubbin. Oh, that's my jam too. Uh, it's not it though, but I like uh, that. Glad you said that. I gotta go put that on my list there. I like that. I remember that one. Oh, I know which. It's um, it's juvenile. It's ah. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> I Nothing. can't think of it. I'm going to have to pass. Here you go. Yeah, I know. See, I knew. Okay, so I did have bling bling. Okay. You did. We get like a half point. I get like a quarter point. That's right. You had it. That was awesome. The one thing about that group that would just amaze me is... You know, they were straight New Orleans from the street. Yeah. We were just listening to them like, you know, they were still kind of like not mainstream. But wow, that when they got on, they won that award. You can see, normally, you know, they in the videos, gritty and grimy. When they got on the show, all you saw was teeth. And they were, just like, they were like, oh, my God, look at it. Because they all had just like T-shirts and jeans. Nobody dressed up. Yeah. And that was so cool about it to see, yeah. like, wow, these people from the projects and made it and see their faces. They was looking at everybody like, oh. And that's what happened is I remember sitting in a room with my friends and we were watching the video to back that ass up. And we were like, yo, those girls, those girls know them. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) they are from around that area. Like those are not models that were paid to dance. (laughs) This is what they do for fun. And and we instantly, that's why I think I liked him. I was like, he's really promoting his neighborhood. And everything had a good beat. I mean, and poor C Murder, he's in prison, I know. But everybody else turned out all right, I think. Yeah, yeah, everybody's pretty good. Yeah, no, it was, that was, I love (laughs) that whole genre for some reason. We go spend like $95 at Tower Records, the Rasputin, buy CDs, just stacks of them, all CMB. 
Oh man! Or you go to Angelo's and raid their used CDs because <laughs> the new ones were like fifteen bucks yet, and the used ones yeah. were like eight bucks. So you're like, I'm just going through all the used ones. Yeah, I didn't live here yet, but we had similar type stores. Yeah. Oh, I miss CD stores. They're great. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that was it. That was a great conversation. We pulled an hour yeah. out of '90s rap, and I think we could have kept going because once if we yeah. had a had an opportunity to actually like listen to music as we were talking, this could literally go on for hours. So I'm, I'm happy we got like an hour. a third of my answer to your albums of my the '90s questions. You picked the one decade. I probably listened to rap through the whole decade. Like that oh, was yeah, probably my sure. go-to for everything. So. <laughs> And it spilled into the year 2000s a little bit. And then, like I said, it's, it started in like 1985. Like in Public Enemy was huge. And NWA came out at the end of the 80s. And so, you know, the 90s kind of encapsulates, you know, the first couple of years of each of the, the bookend decades. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just such great music and it really brought people together. So I really love that conversation. Um, yeah, all right, now it's, it's time for our plugs. Time for the plugs. I'm going to go Santori because you probably have the most to plug at this point. Well, yeah, I got a podcast on Wednesday. Um, tune into that. It's going to be uh, 8 o'clock Mountain, 9 o'clock Central, 10 o'clock Eastern, and I will be uh, – I lost my game, so I'll be freestyling for three minutes and uh, catch that. And, um, yeah, and then we got Santori Project going back on the road November 8th. So, yeah, it'll be interesting and going to see a lot of cool video and a lot of cool things from James Scavenger Hunt that he has us do. So tune in Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, and 10 o'clock. All right, what about you, Mel? What you got going on? You know what? We finished Big Brother, and unfortunately, Reality Bites. I had my surgery, and Love Island is only like a – it's a four-week thing, you know what I mean, or six-week thing. So we missed it. But we will be back next season on that. Um, so I'm going to back up Santori and plug his shit because I know it's really fun. And I know Thank James you. has a good scavenger hunt plan. Good. I'm excited. So check that shit out. Check that shit out. <laughs> All right, Dr. Thank D, you. what are you doing? What are you up to? Oh, man, this is still working uh, on audio side of music. A uh, little logo behind me. And uh, definitely, yeah, SoundCloud has been – I used to downplay it. Yeah, I thought it was a joke, but it has been awesome. I met so many cool people out there and collaborated with a lot of people. Um, the platform is awesome. I've been able to make a couple of pennies off the streams. Um, and then Santori just sent me tons of guitar riffs. So the next project is to take his guitar riffs, put some drums and some music behind it to see what we can do with that. And I've uh, just been reaching out, working with collaboration. One in particular is a young lady out of uh, New York um, by the name of Limoncello. She spells it that instead of an L, it's a seven, uh, but she is awesome. And so just really working, keeping the music going, learning more and more about the show. So I'm really appreciate being part of this. So I want to continue to, you know, jump in and see what I can learn and help here. But mostly that's been my life, music, the show. And, uh, you know, so I want to plug Audio Saito and of course, Truckee Pacific. And uh, that, that second book I got to get to behind you. I know you about to plug it. Yeah, so yeah. My first of all, I want to give a shout-out to Rob Robert, who has joined us in the chat for pretty much the whole show. Uh, I want to give him a shout-out because he uh, you know, put some really good rap recommendations and stuff that he liked in there. So a big shout-out to Rob Robert in the chat room. Uh, and yeah. my plug, like he said, um, Race to Space. I have a new book out in uh, ebook and on paperback. You can find it on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, Nook, um, Kindle, uh, 
if you just talk to me, I'll, you know, order one, I'll sign it, I'll send it off to you. Uh, but it's a cool book and, uh, you know, please check that out. Also, Chunky Pacific Reviews, my uh, movie review show with my son. Uh, we're going to record one tomorrow uh, where we review Beetlejuice. And then starting uh, next week, we're going back into the old Universal Monsters. So we're going to see like the Bela Lugosi, uh, Dracula, uh, the old Frankenstein, Wolfman, Mummy. And so we'll review those as well. So check out Race Through Space Event Horizon, uh, ChuckyPacific.com. Uh, go and check out the Centauri Project on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, we have next week, we have James's games, uh, which are always a lot of fun. Uh, we will have no idea what the, the game is until next week. Uh, hopefully all of you guys can join next week as well. Um, but other than that, you know, we love your money. So if you go to our Venmo, go to at Chucky Pacific 303, uh, give us some fucking money because you know, this shit's not gonna be free all the time. We're eventually gonna get paid and they're gonna have to pay like out the ass. So, you know, pay now. Just give us a couple bucks at Chucky Pacific 303. Uh, that's pretty much it, guys. I really appreciate you, all the conversation. Um, you know, I can't wait to see you guys next week for James's Games. Uh, thank you so much. Go and fucking listen to 90s rap, yo. I mean, like, use your Spotify, your Apple, whatever, uh, Pandora. Just listen to as much 90s rap as you can this week and just kind of relive some of those memories. But other than that, have a good night, guys. I really appreciate it. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you. This has been a Truckee Pacific production. For sponsorship inquiries and comments, go to the Mile High Podcast at gmail.com.